Well, howdy, everybody. We are gearing up for Camp ABF. It's going to be a Wild West week here on campus, and we've got over 200 plus kids showing up, and we are super excited. Well, before we talk more about announcements and things going on around the church, we want to enter into a time of worship. So we're excited for you to be blessed by this time. So we just ask you to enter in and enjoy this time together as we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my
worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
worship team. I hope that was a blessing for you. Well, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. We are excited for you. It is Father's Day. We celebrate you. Thank you for all your love and your support, all the hard work that you've invested into our lives. Jerry Durkatz, I love you so much. Happy Father's Day. Well, hey, I've got a couple announcements for you. As always, we love to hear from you. Please text us at 97000. Any prayer requests, praises, ways we can support you. We'd love to hear from you. Well, we've got a couple things coming up for our women this summer, and one of them is our summer Bible study, and that starts on Monday, June 28th, 6.30 p.m. in the well on our campus. We'd love for you to join in. You can find out more details about that and the book to order on our website. We also have our mom's women's workout. That's happening too, uh, June 29th, Tuesday mornings um, here at 10 a.m. You won't regret it. Well, maybe you will. Joy Wolfel, she does a circuit training and it is intense. We hope you'll join us for that. One of the things we love doing as families uh, here at ABF is our ABF Family Beach Days. And we're going to start those every Wednesday starting June 30th. We meet down at Zuma. We uh, go to Lifeguard Station 12. Um, you'll see the big ABF flag there. It's always a great time to get to know other families. So join us down there for Beach Days on Wednesdays.
Well, men, we have your annual golf tournament coming up on Monday, July 12th. It is not too late to register. You can go online and register there. Lots more details. And it's uh, at Wood Ranch Country Club. So hopefully you'll be able to participate in that. Now, I know a lot of you are on social media. You got your Instagram, your Facebook. I hope you're following us. I hope you're following ABF because we put lots of posts, keep you updated on all the happenings that are going on. So make sure to follow us there. Hey, I also wanted to say thank you to all those that are ongoing givers. We encourage you to just uh, continue um, sharing your offering and tithes with us. You can give online or you can drop off a check here at the church. Thank you for your ongoing support. Well, I just want to take a moment to pray before we start the service. Father God, thank you so much for all that you are doing. Thank you for just this amazing weekend where we can celebrate our dads and show them how much uh, we're grateful for them. And Lord, we're looking forward to this Camp ABF. We ask for your hand to be upon us, your safety. More than anything, Lord, we ask for transformation in the lives of all the kids that will be attending. And God, that you will do a work to draw families to yourself. Lord, as we um, invite Scott to share the word with us today, God, I pray that you will just open us up. God, that we will hear a message for even each individual that's listening, God, that we would be attentive to your spirit. Lord, we love you and we praise you for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thanks, Adrian, And I want to echo what she's already said. I want to wish a happy Father's Day uh, to each and every one of our dads and uh, so grateful for you. And um, really, I mentioned in our Mother's Day uh, uh, time together a few weeks back that it was my first time that I specifically focused a message on moms. And so in the eight years that I've been here at the church, that's a big deal. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, I think it's actually the same for fathers. And so today I intend to just uh, spend some time just talking uh, to dads, but I think the, the message is definitely uh, relevant for everyone uh, listening in. And uh, I was remember talking to my dad about uh, the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day messages, and he made note of this, and it's actually sadly a little bit true, but on Mother's Day, we make sure that we take time to let moms know how hard they work, how much we appreciate them, how just what, what rock stars they are and how amazing they are. When it comes to dads, usually the Father's Day, the tone of the Father's Day message is a little bit more like a rebuke, kind of more like pointing out the areas of weakness, the areas that they need to uh, grow in and uh, some of their shortcomings for sure. And uh, so I was thinking about that. It was kind of echoing in my brain all week as I was preparing uh, this. And I realized as I was looking down at my notes, I'm like, oh, actually, that's kind of where we start is some of the shortcomings. But we'll get to a little bit more of the, the hope as we get further into the text so one of the, the areas that we fall short as dads a lot of times has to do specifically with our engagement and our involvement. I was reading a few statistics this week, kind of some, some heartbreaking one, that in America, 24 million children live without a father. Kind of crazy to think about those uh, numbers. 39% of school-age kids in America do not live with their biological father. So a lot of times fathers are out of the equation. This often takes a, a toll on their development. 
I want to make sure before I get into more statistics that I give the disclaimer that there's plenty of people that have grown up in very difficult situations with fathers or lack of father uh, that still obviously have come out shining and honoring the Lord, but it doesn't mean that it's any less difficult. It's hard to imagine life without a father, without there being some obstacles. And so it lends to some of these harder or more difficult statistics, a couple other things related to fathers or absent fathers. Basically, a home that doesn't have a father has doubled the dropout rate in school. 75% of adolescents that uh, are dealing with drug abuse are from a fatherless home. 70% of juvenile incarcerations are from a fatherless home. 63% of teen suicide. This is uh, unbelievable to me. 85% of men in prison come from a fatherless home. 80% of rapists, and another one that caught my attention, 90% of homeless folks come from fatherless homes. Man, these statistics are staggering. They're a reminder how important dads are in our development and our growth. The, The father figure is a huge one. And so I don't bring these up, as I mentioned to start, to necessarily rub our nose in the negatives, but to point out how critical the father is in the life of a child. Let me just spend a, a moment just praying as we di- before we dive into uh, our topic here today. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the way that you take things, even like we're talking about now, and can restore them, can renew them, can build them up. And so often on the opposite side, there's stories of, of Uh, where fathers have been a huge blessing in our life. And so I don't want to just focus on the negative, but we have to start there to see what it is you offer as the perfect father. We ask that you'd be active and moving in our time together as we study your word. We invite that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So as I've already mentioned, it's critical that we realize that the fathers matter a ton. For dads hearing this, I want you to have that echo in your mind, realizing how important you are in the life of a family, part of God's design. We also realize that each one of us are born or come with this innate desire to please our father. So often that's something that we hold on to. So many people that I talk to, even in their later years, uh, just wanted to hear from their father at some point, well done, good job. I've even talked to people after their father has passed, and that's maybe some of us even watching this now, that uh, use the statement or have given the, uh, the, said the words, man, I, I sure hope that my father is looking down from heaven and is proud of me, is proud of what I'm doing. It's, it's innate and in us wanting to please our father. Now, some of us have had amazing affirmation from our fathers, fathers that have done a great job of telling us, you know, you're, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. I love you. I can say in my own life, my dad has been fantastic with this all the way through, just being extremely supportive and always looking for opportunities to encourage. I even have on my cell phone a couple years ago, he left me just this awesome voicemail of encouragement. I was like, you know what? I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that because you never know how long you'll have those words coming from your father. And so each of us have a different experience. Now, my very best friend, Joe, 
he tells, I was just talking to him about that this week, he's telling of, of his father wasn't necessarily super active and involved in his life. And he didn't get a lot of that of boys coming from his dad. So each one of us comes from a, a different father experience. And the reason I bring that up is because of the hope that's on the other side of it. Regardless of what our personal earthly father experience has been, we can still hear the words our heart longs for from our heavenly father. The, the words, the, the, the innate desire that we have to be encouraged and affirmed by our father, we might not get it from our earthly fathers, but what's amazing is that we do receive it from our heavenly father. We can, if you think about it, when you start to look into scripture, we can see it splashed all over the pages, him reassuring us as children. If we've embraced him as Lord and Savior, then we get to, to, to in, embrace all of these truths. We're going to start in our text today with a passage that a lot of us would be familiar with. If you remember the very start of Jesus's ministry, it actually started with some really cool affirming words. Do you remember where it began? It began with the baptism of John the Baptist. John, Jesus showed up and came out to be baptized by John. And you can read about that in both in Mark and Matthew. In Matthew, you see a description where there's some argument as to why he should be baptizing, not feeling worthy of that. So why was Jesus baptized? I, uh, when it's actually intended to be the cleansing of sin, here's the reason, the best explanation that I've heard is when Jesus was baptized, he was a, identifying with us so that he could represent us on the cross. His humanness, his, his, his uh, perfectly God, perfectly man, actually uh, relating with us. But when he comes to his baptism, the Holy Spirit then descends from heaven. You're familiar with this, like a dove, and then has some words for him. I want you to take a look with me in Mark chapter 1, verse 9 through 11 at this interaction. It says, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. Can you imagine that? And the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. With you, I am well pleased. The words that are spoken there at the start of Jesus' ministry are actually words, as I've already mentioned, that really our heart all longs for. I want to take a couple minutes to talk through each of those words. First off, he acknowledges, this is a, a very intimate look at their relationship, he acknowledges him first as his son, my son. It's a beautiful picture, and most of us that are parents can actually relate with that. I remember a number of years back, actually I think it was just two or three, uh, the team, the Golden State Warriors, uh, where, uh, where Steph Curry was playing, was playing against Seth Curry's team. I think it was the Portland Trailblazers, and it was kind of fun because their two brothers 
were, were there and were playing against each other and sitting in the stands. They kept on in the series. They kept on uh, kind of panning the camera over to check in and see how the parents were doing. And every single one of the, the games, his mom and his dad were sitting in the stands and one would have on a Steph Curry jersey and one would have on a Seth Curry jersey to making sure that it felt fair. And I believe if I remember correctly, they would rotate who wore which jersey on each game. Kind of a, a cool thing. Each one of the games, you could tell that they were just bursting with pride for their kids. This idea of like, that's, that's my boy that just scored. Then on the, on the other end of the court, that's my boy that just scored. Pretty awesome thing to observe. A lot of us don't have NBA children but more so some of the things when they do things that you can relate with. I know when my son gives or tells a, a cheesy or corny joke, I'm always just like, that's my boy, you know, just like his old man. Just saying things that people don't laugh at is kind of a, a fun tradition. Well, there's something about identifying with your child that affirms them, that reminds them of their acceptance and for us to realize, to translate this, when God says that about, about his son, about Jesus, these truths, all three of them we're going to see in the text here, are true about us as well. Galatians 3.26 tells us, For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. In other words, if you've embraced Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, for in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. Faith is the way towards adoption. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, referring to Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We're also children. If you've embraced Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you got to be uh, reminded of this so often that you are a son or a daughter of God himself. It's kind of a beautiful thing for any of us that parent, you start to realize what a big deal that is when you say someone is a, a son of yours. Really, I can't think of anything in my life that's more precious to me than my three kids. My three kids are, I, I would do anything for them. Most likely step in front of a bus knowing the appropriate view of God as your father, man, it changes everything. When you start seeing him through that lens, right, rather than an angry, cranky old man surrounded with angels and talking like Morgan Freeman, instead seeing him as a, a loving father who cares for us. I love when Jesus was uh, teaching his disciples what it looked like to have a conversation with God. You remember the Lord's Prayer. Well, how does, it, how does it start? Our Father who art in heaven. It's intended to be that level of relationship, a son or daughter and a father type relationship. It's a beautiful one. So that's the first word of affirmation that God gave to Jesus and has given to us as we've embraced Jesus or sons, or daughters. Next thing in that statement, you see, my son whom I love, whom I love. So many kids I know long to hear those words. I love you. I love you deeply. There's power in that statement. 
I realized back when I was first uh, dating Adrian, I was real careful with uh, not to throw around that statement too easily, uh, realizing it was such a big deal. And so I was very cautious to not tell girls that I love them, even when dating prior to Adrian. And so when dating Adrian, we came up with all kinds of creative ways to affirm our affection for each other without saying, I love you. But I remember finally the day that I was asking her to marry me. I can remember it like it was yesterday, getting down on one knee and saying, Adrian Alyssa Durkatz. Yes, that's her full name. I love you so much. Will you marry me? There's power in the words, I love you. There's power in that. And so this is what God the Father is saying to Jesus. And he also, as I mentioned, says the same thing to us as the perfect father. Says, I love you dearly. Romans 1, 7, he's referring to believers there, young believers. He says, to all those in Rome, believers, who are loved by God and called to be saints. This isn't just something that he saves specifically for Jesus. It's something that is expressed for all believers. We need to allow that to sink in. John 15, 9, this is referring to Jesus's love. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If there's anything here on this Father's Day that I would like for you to hear and to actually have sink in, to actually take root in your heart and your mind, is the reality that you are deeply loved by God. In fact, if you're with somebody right now at this moment while you're watching this, tell them, affirm them, say you are loved by God. They need to hear that enough so it actually takes root in their life. And here's the way that it was demonstrated. It wasn't just something that was all talk and no action. Those of us that are familiar with the gospel message, we know John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's the way that Jesus demonstrated his love for us. Third different area that he points out, as I mentioned. So he affirms him as a son. He then affirms that he loves him. And then the words that so many long to hear, with you, I am well pleased. With you, I am well pleased. It's easy for us to hear that and not realize what a big deal that statement was. If you think about what we're coming out of, we're coming out of the Old Testament and life under the law where everyone in their heart of hearts recognize that they can't meet God's perfect standard, that God wasn't perfectly pleased with them. Even their animal sacrifices that were supposed to be unblemished, the person that would collect the sacrifice knew that he had seen blemishes on what was uh, brought before the Lord. So this statement for God to say, this is my son with whom I am well pleased, is an amazing one. He had finally, finally someone had met the qualifications of a perfect God. It's ironic because if you think about when this is happening in Jesus's ministry, this is at the very beginning. I think it's important for us to grasp that. It's before he's done anything. It's before he's, he's done miracles of healing, before he's uh, fed the 5,000. This is before he's healed the leper. This is before he's spoken about the kingdom. This is before any of that, before rising, uh, being, uh, rising from the dead on the third day. 
for us to understand that his love for him and for us is not a conditional one. We're so used to exchange type love where you do this for me and then I'll, be, I'll, I'll approve of you and think highly of, of you if you follow through on that. Kind of the exchange scenario is like, that's not how his love operates. And it didn't require that in order for him to be seen as perfect and pleasing to God. Here's the important thing in, for us to understand that we also delight God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Maybe a better way of saying that, that we might become perfection before God. Perfection. So when God sees us, if you've embraced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he sees you through the filter of Jesus Christ. He doesn't see you for the old self, the old sinful ways. He sees you as perfect. And so with you, he is well pleased if you're in Jesus Christ. I was reading an article uh, recently about uh, the, how the police have had a really difficult time during this season, during COVID, where everybody's wearing a mask. If you actually stop and think about what a challenge that is for the police to figure out who the criminal is, they're like, man, even if we capture somebody on video uh, performing a, a crime or acting out or doing something illegal, man, he said, with the, with the, they say with a mask, it's nearly impossible to identify who the person is. Everybody looks innocent with a mask on. And here's the interesting thing. I was playing that out. I was like, really? That's the truth of who we are. No longer seeing the, the enemy or the guilty party that's behind the mask. Jesus sees us as perfectly clean and he's proud of us. He's, uh, he, he's impressed with us. It's pretty awesome reality. So three different truths that is spoken of Jesus. All three of them relates to us. We're his sons, we're loved, and he's well pleased with us. Now, here's the thing that I'd like to try to personalize this is there's daily opportunities to either reject or embrace this truth. All three of those. There's daily opportunities to either push that away or to actually embrace it. I was reading about a, a famous a theologian you've heard or a preacher you'd say, Martin Luther, who is very well known and very well quoted. I didn't know this about him until this week that he actually lived with a, a lot of depression in his life. And he was found to, to be uh, repeating something regularly to himself that people that knew him closely, they'd hear him even murmuring this. He would say to himself on a regular basis when he was getting kind of down or negative, he would say to himself, I am baptized and repeat it again. I'm baptized. You're like, well, that, that seems kind of strange, but that's the idea is that you've been, what we're just talking about, you've been washed clean, you've been set free. Now you're a son or a daughter that he's proud of, that he loves deeply. You see, the way in which we see ourselves is heavily impacted by the way in which we see our father. If we see the, our heavenly father as an angry judge that's just waiting to come down on us with a club whenever we mess up, man, that's what we're going to live out. That's the type of father we'll become. 
But when we actually see him as a, as a loving father that's passionate about us, that's excited about us, man, that changes the lens of everything. My hope is that on a daily basis that we're reminding ourselves of how loved we are, how cherished we are. I like in the, the book of Job, I don't know if you've, been in, if you've been around the church for a while, you might remember we did a study on that uh, a story or account of Job. And you might remember the interaction that Jesus, that God himself had describing Job. He described Job, he said, that, he said this about him. He says, have you considered my servant Job? No one on earth is like him. Kind of like that description. And he's kind of gushing over him, kind of like a, a proud dad would. Just saying like, have you considered him? Like he lives a life, he's a, a, above reproach. I was thinking about that level of affection towards Job really can be translated to every single follower of Jesus Christ. He's the dad that's excited about you, that's gushing over you, that is thrilled with who you've become thrilled with who you're becoming as well. That's the picture that we have of God, the Father. And if that actually takes root, it changes the lens in which we see everyone, the way that we interact with those around us. Now, what I also find fascinating, just before we personalize this a little bit more, is that this all was said and spoken about Jesus right at the start of his public ministry. If you think about it, one might even make the argument that it was this affirmation that was the catalyst for impact and influence after Jesus, after these words from a loving father were spoken. Might, one might even say and conclude, and this is, you can wrestle through that even with the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's what we need before we're going to have an impact and an influence on those around us. We need to hear these words ourselves and allow them to take root. When we do, we have the opportunity to extend it to others. Now, finally, here's the, the practical parenting part. These words, I think, weren't just said for Jesus himself. I think they're really at the heart. If we're made as image bearers of God, as image bearers, they're words, as I mentioned at the beginning, that each of us long to hear. And fathers, and I'll expand that to say mothers as well, we each, if we have children, have those who need to hear these exact same words. You can't assume that they know it if you don't actually say it. Some of us use that kind of as a, as a fallout. Well, my kids, they know that I love them. They know that I'm proud of them. You're like, but do you ever express it? Have you ever said it to them? Well, they just know. And you're like, no, they actually don't. I was reading about a pastor uh, this week as he was working through those words, even with his own family, that he decided to send a, a text message with saying that it, the exact words of Jesus to each of his kids. He would say either son or daughter, you're my son or my daughter whom I love with you, I am well pleased. That was his application. And he said he wasn't real thrilled with the kid's response. The first uh, kid, I, I think he said a couple were quiet, didn't say anything. And then one responded and said, hey, dad, you feeling all right? You doing okay? <laughs> is, is everything going all right? Are you, are you getting a little crazy here, dad? 
But here's the idea. When I say that we're to pass on these words of affirmation to our kids, I'm not saying that you just quote that verse to them. I'm saying you think through how you, as a parent, can use those words, those same ideas. The first one, affirming that you're so thankful. Think about what you can say. I'm so glad you're my son or you're my daughter. Or, or, or thinking of how, how you interact with your Annie. I just want to tell you, I just picked Annie out of the blue. Annie, I just want to tell you how proud I am. How, how I'm just, just loving the young woman you're becoming. Or a, another child, Tim, I just, just want you to know, if I haven't expressed this a much, uh, enough, how much I love you deeply. Man, that's a big deal. If you don't think that those words will go a long way in a child's life, you don't understand how the whole father thing works. And here's the challenge for each of us. Some of us are listening to this and they're tuning out a bit because they're like, yeah, I don't really have kind of uh, kids that are that in that stage of life. I'm, I don't have kids that need to hear that. Here's what I'd say to even those with adult kids. There's no point in their life that words of affirmation, words of encouragement, words of, uh, of, of love are not going to have an impact are not going to still leave a, a mark in their life. So it's the cool thing I love about this is it's never too late to express affirmation to those that you, that, to, to family, to those that you love. So my question, just as we're wrestling through this and wrapping up here our time in the word, I would love for you to consider, and here's the thing I notice is a lot of times the art of letter writing is long since passed. Think through who is that person? Who is that the child, the adult child? Maybe it's a, maybe you, you flip-flop it as, as a kid and you're just like, well, I don't have kids. Maybe this is a flip-flop and you share some of these things with your parent. What if we, what if we went both directions with that? This week, I would love to hear stories of us taking some of this, of these words of affirmation that the perfect heavenly father demonstrated to us and applying them in our own life. So my question for you, and I want to give a, a couple moments of quiet where you consider who needs to hear from you this week? Who needs to hear from you this week? I want to just be quiet just for a moment as we reflect on that, and then I'll just close in a minute in prayer. God, I believe when we give ourselves time to actually reflect on these things that your spirit has room to work and to nudge and encourage. I pray for each person that's heard this message here today that if there's any takeaway that they walk away with today is that they're reminded of how deeply you love each one of us who are in Jesus Christ. The, the love of a, of, of a father, the love that, that sees past all of the sin. Doesn't mean that you don't address sin and uh, confront it in our lives, even as believers, but it means that you see us as a perfect, beloved child, even despite our mistakes and dis poor decisions. God, we pray that there would be someone in this space listening here, even now, that would be moved to actually live some of this out, to actually speak these words into those that they're surrounded with, to encourage them. 
I also pray for the person maybe that's listening to this and they hear this idea of a loving father, but they've never bent a knee and embraced you as savior and can't necessarily say that at this stage of the game. I pray for that person that this might even be a Father's Day where they make the decision to embrace you as Lord and Savior, as an adopted father. It's a pretty amazing opportunity, even in these moments that we could call out to you, acknowledge our sin and accept what you've done, the finished work on the cross. God, we thank you for this chance to be in your word. And we thank you again for this just online community. I pray that they continue to be blessed by our times together. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. When I feel your favor flood my life Even in the good I'll follow you Even in the good I'll follow you When the boat is tossed upon the waves When I wonder if you'll keep me safe Even in the storms I'll follow you even in the storms, I'll follow you. Cause I believe everything that you say you are. And I believe and I have seen your unchanging heart in the good things and in the hardest part. I believe and I will follow you. I believe and I will follow you. See the wicked prospering when I feel I have no voice to sing, even in the ones I'll follow you, even in the ones I'll follow you. I believe everything that you say. Yeah.
All right, church. Well, thanks again, as usual, for being with us online. Excited for the week ahead. You can be praying from home. I'd be grateful for this. Just lifting up that Camp ABF that's happening, man. We need some prayer warriors lifting up even the kids in our community and those in our church family. But as we're leaving, just want to make sure that every father here that's watching understands how much you're loved, you're valued, and appreciated. God bless you.